0: biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival presented by Capital One iHeart Country Jason Aldean Keith Urban Jelly Roll it, Old Dominion Lady A Riley Green Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.
2: Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.
1: Make no mistake, our democracy is under attack, but not just from abroad, from within. Indeed, there's an orchestrated attempt by big tech with the White House support to silence any concerns from the right about voter fraud. Let me be very clear. Voter fraud is all too real. And no, our elections are not 100 percent secure. Don't believe me? Just listen to Democrats. They've said this many, many times. And we've got the tape. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Welcome back to this week's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. Um, As you know, we've been actually doing these episodes once a week, but now we are going to be kicking up to twice a week because the media news cycle is literally just on fire as we move forward and pressing towards not just the 2022 election cycle, but I think also to moving forward into 2024 and the fact that it seems very likely that President Trump will be back on the election and campaign trails so, I actually wanted to cover two of the most trending um, stories that I actually have seen this week. And I will add that our new show will be broadcasting now on iHeartRadio and available wherever you get your podcast now on Wednesdays and Sundays. So, we will be again dropping new episodes on Wednesdays and Sundays. So, with the Olympics coming up here pretty soon, you know, I've always been a firm believer and I still am that. You really should separate politics and sports, right? Like when people are tuning into American pastimes like football, baseball, basketball, whatever it might be, they don't want to see people voicing their political opinions, especially when it comes to some of these social justice issues that I would even argue aren't even really founded on hard facts and evidences, but are actually used to politically divide the country further. Um, that'll probably be a separate episode. But one thing that I've always constantly kind of observed is that when you have these conservative football stars or conservative, basically professional athletes, how it is that the media will either completely ignore them or essentially they will send kind of their subtle hints, but they don't ever want to come out and straight up just support a president or talk about their values because they're afraid of getting canceled. Well, this past week, Tom Brady was at the White House with Joe Biden, and this is something that I'm going to actually play a clip for you guys to hear, because his responses and his comments, after listening to it about twice, I think, Um, I don't know how else to say other than I think that Tom Brady was potentially trolling Joe Biden, and you can hear this in his exchange with him, so if you'll just listen to this clip real quick, we'll get back in a second.
0: But we found our rhythm, we got on a roll, not a lot of people... Uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. <laughs> Why would they do that to me? <laughs>
1: That in itself is such a just it's an interesting interaction, right? Because you have Tom Brady, who we know in the 2016 and also 2020 election cycle was very subtly sending hints that he supported the president. We know that I think that President Trump and Brady have this pre existing relationship. And I'm pretty sure there is actually a photo in uh, Tom Brady in his locker room with a MAGA hat. But we also know that Tom Brady's family is obviously, I think, politically divided. So his wife, I do not think, supported President Trump. But regardless of the fact, and I think that some people even listening probably have family members that have, you know, uh, political and ideological differences with them. Um, But ultimately, it's been very interesting to see Tom Brady not just, I think, call out Joe Biden in regards to what happened this last election cycle but also bring forward a point that I think that everyone should be essentially concerned about is the fact that I do not think that the media, at least the mainstream media, is actually giving true coverage in regards to Joe Biden. Now, I am not a psychologist and I'm not making a medical diagnosis here, but I will say based on conversation and things that I've seen come out in the media over the last couple of months, it does give me cause for concern that Joe Biden may have some health issues. In regards to his memory. And I think that it's actually pretty sad in all seriousness, because this guy is, you know, being promoted and really going out there on the national scale. And I feel like a lot of Americans have essentially stopped tuning into what's happening in our country. They've stopped watching the news. They really aren't even showing up to events that he's having in press conferences because of the fact that they've actually lost faith in our leader. And mind you, this is the guy that's supposed to be representing us on the national scale in regards to dealing with Russia and China. And I mean, for goodness sakes, he has access to our nuclear codes. And I find that very interesting that Tom Brady took that time to really kind of, I think, show the American people what's really happening. And I think that it's going to become increasingly more important. You know, you have so much happening right now in our country with the White House just admitting that they are going to start censoring people and that they're working closely with Facebook in order to make sure that misinformation is taken down. And then you heard something very alarming by the White House press secretary. And she said that if people are spreading disinformation or if they are banned on one platform, that they should essentially be banned on all platforms. So for us, and I can tell you that, you know, dealing with the people that I do, especially in social media, in media, you know, freedom of the press That's really alarming because I myself, especially after the 2020 election cycle and after COVID, I remember having some of my postings taken down and flagged as false and disinformation when in actuality, after the fact, Facebook went back and said, well, it's very possible that, you know, China and all these reports came out that the origins of COVID-19 were from China. We know that that's true. But they actually did flag my page for misinformation. And because of that, there was a suppression mode that it went into. So there's a lot of factors that I believe that we're seeing are not just an orchestrated attempt prior to the next election cycle, but you're also seeing them starting to now attack freedom of the press, which is something that here in the United States, you know, journalists as a whole, they have journalistic integrity. I do applaud journalists on all sides for the fact that I do feel like it's somewhat dangerous, especially when you're covering very powerful people. And the fact is, is that when big tech then interjects and then starts to get involved to promote a certain type of message and to control the narrative, that's when we as a country are no better than China and Russia. And really, also to kind of piggyback on that, we have to ensure that not only are we protecting freedom of press, but our election laws and then also to the Second Amendment. So, kind of segueing off from that and moving into what's happening with voter fraud, you're seeing this orchestrated attempt with Facebook and the White House and Twitter and all these other platforms to now almost even silence what's happening with some of these audits, not just in Maricopa County in Arizona, but also to in Georgia. And the one thing that I thought was interesting, and as some of you might know, is that I was actually able to go to Georgia and I personally worked on the Senate races out there. I want to get more into that in a second because it's important for everyone to realize what exactly happened in Georgia. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
0: Biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One, country. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, loud, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green. Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center, Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.
1: So after I had finished the 2020 election cycle, basically maybe a month after, we all know that there was a runoff in Georgia, and that was between Senators Leffler and Purdue in Georgia. And I was able to go out there with two different organizations and actually talk to voters and do outreach within the urban communities, whether it was to the black or Hispanic community in regards to this election. The one thing that I observed that was completely upsetting is that the election wasn't even really based on politics. I would say that 98 percent of what I saw coming out of the Georgia election cycle was based on race. And that is when I realized at this point, we as a country, yes, you have to fight fire with fire. But that the Democrats were also, and this just further, I think, solidified my idea that the Democrats do use race in order to divide the nation and in order to control people. I'm not saying all Democrats are bad, but what I am saying is that from a national political strategy and perspective, that is how they divide the country. When you have control of one of the greatest countries in the world at stake, of course they're going to fight dirty. And I even argue that when are Republicans going to start? you know, metaphorically punching back and actually using these same tactics against the Democrats. I'm not saying that I want people to get violent, but I will say that we have to actively engage these communities and kind of fight fire with fire on their playing field because the Democrats are literally beating us at that game. So anyways, I was out there And the one thing that I constantly was observing and hearing is that because of what happened and what was coming out in recorded footage, whether it was out of Georgia or whether it was out of Philadelphia or whether it was out of Michigan or whether it was out of Arizona, because of this recorded footage that we were seeing from people being very shady with some of the ballot harvesting operations or counting ballots then you saw in certain states that were in Democrat strongholds, that they weren't actually letting the people in, the observers that were volunteers, that GOP volunteers were getting harassed. I mean, this is all stuff that is not supposed to be taking place here in the United States. For God's sakes, if you go to Mexico, for example, and Mexico actually just got done with, I think, one of their bloodiest election cycles in their history where candidates were literally getting killed, staffers were getting killed. I mean, it was crazy. But even in Mexico, they have voter ID. And It's crazy to see that here in the United States, you know, we pride ourselves on being this first world country. And yet you go to places like Mexico and they actually have better voter ID laws than we do. That's completely absurd. And then you go to look at previous clips of, you know, Democrats in past years. And I'm talking like the people that you saw this past election cycle saying this was the most secure election and that, you know, we should trust all this stuff. You see Adam Schiff. And I'm going to play you this clip. Adam Schiff, multiple members of the DNC sitting there saying that they actually had not trusted some of these machines that were being used. So I'm going to play you this clip. I want you guys to draw your own opinion, because I think that no matter what, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you should always want to make sure that the people who are voting, that the people that you're supposed to represent have faith in the election process. If it were me and I was in this position and I I would honestly say, yes, of course, we need an audit. Yes, we need a voter ID. Voter ID is clearly not racist. It is clearly nonsense. It is BS for people to say that if you want someone's voter ID, that all of a sudden you are a racist, that this is like slavery. I mean, these Texas Democrats that left so that Texas itself couldn't actually bring forward some of this legislation that would ensure voter integrity. They're saying that and comparing you know, what they're going through to the times of slavery, which is completely ridiculous. Obviously, we know that th- these are totally separate, different circumstances, but listen to this cliff. Okay, I want you to draw your own conclusion.
2: I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable.
0: researchers have repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes.
1: In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The
2: biggest seller of voting machines is doing
0: something that violates Cybersecurity 101 directing that you install remote access software which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily.
1: You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. It is the individual voting machines that some pose, that pose some of the greatest risks. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked.
0: Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors.
2: We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know I know the hackathon that took place last year, where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly.
1: I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines—those um, that are not, those that are being used in many
0: states—aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP and 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need a hack one swing state or maybe one or two or maybe just a few counties in one swing state
1: i'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through this <laughs> guys i just played you a clip okay that is vp harris ted Lieu, klobuchar schumer wyden from oregon these are our democrats that are saying now that fraud does not take place they are saying that that is completely false We're going to go to a short break here, but we know, we know that they're lying. We'll be right back.
0: The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One, country. Jason Aldean, country. Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride. Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center, Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.
1: It's going to become increasingly important that people share this information. I can tell you that I have posted some of this stuff. I posted it on my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, even Getter, which is a new uh, platform that just launched. But As I post this stuff, I noticed that Twitter wouldn't allow me to share it. And this is not doctored footage, Okay, This was, I think, from the RNC actually that actually put this out. This is not doctored footage. What we do know is that this is absolutely and 100% without a doubt what Democrats know to be true. And I would even argue that as someone who is a Republican, as someone who is conservative, I do believe that we need to ensure that our election integrity, that our election process is 100 percent secure. If that means changing over from these machines to actually paper ballots, have people, you know, dip their finger and stamp it for all I care. But I want it to be secure. The fact that you have people lying about this, the fact that you actually have now this pivot that's taken place and that they are literally gaslighting America. Okay, that is wrong. And I think that when you talk about what's going to be, I think, the number one issue after 2022, some people might say, well, how is it possible okay, that we can vote and ensure that it's taken care of? Well, I'll, I'll say it to you this way. In the state of Florida, and one thing that's going to be interesting about this election cycle coming up here in the next year or so, is that you have redistricting, not just in the state of Florida, but across the country based on census data. So what that means for people that might not necessarily follow politics that closely is that based on the census data, the entire states will redraw their lines for their congressional districts based on population. So we know that states like New York and California that are losing people because of especially what happened after COVID-19 and the lockdowns and how many people essentially lost their businesses forever. And then you had these mass mandates. I mean, the list goes on. We know that states like those are losing seats, and we know that states like Florida, based on our population, are picking those seats up. An also interesting note is that across the country, of all 50 states, that a majority of uh, those states are made up of Republican legislatures and their state houses and state senates. So that means that depending on the state I know in Arizona, I believe it has an independent group that comes together to actually draw those lines. But depending on those states and depending on how they actually choose to do that, that means that these lines will be redrawn and that some of these Democrat states lose seats and some of these Republican states are now picking seats up. So that means that it's very likely, Okay, we only need five seats to take back the House and the Senate. It is very likely that in the state of Florida alone with redistricting and Texas alone with redistricting, especially now that DeSantis has moved forward with cracking down on the rules for vote by mail. Now you have to request it annually from what I've been told. And then also to the ballot harvesting, You, he's really cracked down on that for the state of Florida, which you can still turn in your ballot, but you can't go collect 30 ballots to do that. And that's what the new law says. But essentially what that means is that we will be able to, in some of these Republican states like Texas and Florida, take back, I believe the House at least, in our states because we are redistricting. And a lot of these swing districts will probably change based on population. So, yes, of course, we have to make sure that for 2020 on forward, that at the federal level, we are pushing legislation that will secure our elections. I do not believe that it should ever be allowed ever in U.S. history, massive random ballots by mail. That is completely wrong. It is riddled with the opportunity for people to essentially fraudulently vote, even people that aren't even American citizens. It opens up the door for them to be able to vote. That is something that should not happen. And honestly, I I do believe that COVID-19 was used by the Democrats as an advantage that they had to get away with some things that they typically wouldn't be able to get away with because it was such an odd circumstance. So, what I'm trying to say is that there's hope. From a federal level, we are going to ensure that these people cannot do what they've done on the national scale ever again. But it's going to take actually getting good people elected. And I can tell you that there are some incredible, incredible candidates running in other states. I know I've been following Graham Allen's race. He's actually a personal friend of mine. He was in the army for a very, very long time. He's actually running against someone who actually voted for impeachment and that's in the North Carolina area and the guy put so much he sacrificed so much of his personal monetary income to actually be able to do this and i think that that's the type of people that we need we don't need people that are looking to go to congress to become someone we need people that are looking to go to congress to do the right thing which is to fight for our country fight for our constitution and ensure that here in the united states that we still represent a true constitutional republic that we still put our people first and that we are taking pride in everything that we do, not you know, shelling out for some of these big corporations and representing those special interests, instead representing the people here in the United States. So make sure you guys share this information. I want you to tell your friends and family about everything that I shared with you today. Show them that clip of Schumer and uh, Klobuchar and... Harris and Ted Lieu all saying the same thing, that we need to ensure that we are looking closely at this election process. Guys, be adamantly and outspoken. I was talking to Don Jr. this weekend, okay? And what he said is we need people to speak up. We can no longer turn the other cheek. We can no longer stay silent. Make your voice heard. Get active at the local level. And we'll help take back this country. Before we go, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Parler, Getter, Facebook, and Instagram at Paulina. And a special thank you to Drew Steele, writer Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.
2: I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
0: The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. iHeart Country. Jason LD. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.